a certain point, one of the very senior partners walked past my door and then he stopped and he came back and he looked at me and he just sort of shook his head and tutted. And he went, you women, honestly, I don't know why you do it to yourselves. Why do you even bother? And he then just walked off. He just caught me at such a vulnerable moment that I just thought, why am I a woman doing this to myself? Why am I even bothering? Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this comeback episode, we hear about the wobbly moments and successes of someone who's made a comeback. Jessica also hosts longer coach episodes where we eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. My guest today is Caroline Flanagan, an ex-international banking lawyer turned coach and author of Baby Proof Your Career. She's a mother of four and is about to publish her second book, Be the First, People of Colour, Imposter Syndrome and the Struggle to Succeed in a White World. I'm absolutely delighted to have Caroline opening this season of Comeback Coach talking about her own imposter syndrome when she returned to work after her first maternity leave. Caroline and I have known one another for eight years and in my view, she's the perfect person to advise on what to do with imposter feelings. She's also going to be my first guest on a new series of free online problem-solving events for people coming back to work. You can find out more about that on the website, comebackcommunity.co.uk, and I'll link to that in the show notes. This season of Comeback Coach is sponsored by the specialist family law firm Raiden Solicitors, founded by Catherine Raiden in 2005. Catherine is also a founder member of the Women in Family Law Group, which I know has recently hosted a seminar on imposter syndrome. So on with the episode. Caroline, how are you and how is the book going? Hi, Jessica. It's really good to speak to you. And thank you for asking about the book. As an author yourself, you know what that journey is like. I'm very excited to have it all finished. It's now with a typesetter and I'm really looking forward to launching it, publishing it at the end of January next year. Oh, and I can't wait for us to have our comeback conversation at the end of January where I get your take on people's questions about imposter syndrome and we can hear some of the book. I know that people are just going to love what you've got to say and can't wait to hear more about that. But to the subject at hand then today and your experience of coming back from maternity leave, will you start by telling me about how those imposter feelings manifested for you when you came back from maternity leave? Yes, of course. So as you know, Jessica, but the listeners may not know, I came back after six months maternity leave. I was working for a US law firm called Cleary Gottlieb, Seen in Hamilton. That name used to just roll off my tongue. (laughs) And they were, you know, a very big global US law firm where let's just say you didn't go there if you wanted an easy life. So the hours were long. It was extremely competitive environment. And most importantly, there were very few women there at the time. And when I came back from my maternity leave, I was the only lawyer there who was a woman who had had a baby. So as you can imagine, coming back into this environment wasn't the easiest. I didn't just feel like an imposter, Jessica. I was an imposter. I was the only one that had a baby that I had to rush home to. I was the only one that felt 
conflicted at the end of the day when we were still expected to work on deals late into the night, conflicted about my role as a new mother and how good a job I was doing at that, but also could I do as good a job with my work as I had done before when I had this new important little being in my life? So it was definitely a case of imposter syndrome from day one. And to the question of how it affected me, how it manifested, I would say it was the lower level anxiety that was there permanently, always in the background, always like a constant whisper of, things are different now, people are seeing you differently now, everyone thinks you'd rather be at home with your child, no one takes you quite as seriously, and maybe you're like more distracted now. Like this constant narrative in the background that meant I was effectively sort of permanently anxious, on the inside of course, right, because imposter syndrome, on the outside we're all busy trying to hide our imposter syndrome and overcompensate, right, and do our best to show that we can cope and that we're competent. But underneath it all, I was definitely suffering and it was all the time. Oh, Caroline, just feeling that you were somewhere where there was no one else who you could confide in and you were dealing with, like you say, that low-level anxiety gnawing away at you the whole time, but having to project something so different. What helped you through that? Interestingly, what helped me through is the fact that, and this may be something for a lot of your listeners, the imposter syndrome, those feelings I was having, they weren't actually new. I think coming back from maternity leave, really what it did, it was it heightened my imposter feelings. It didn't create them, actually. I realized that even before going on maternity leave, even before I felt pregnant, actually, I had always had that sense of feeling a bit like an imposter am I good enough a tendency towards being a perfectionist just to compensate so when I found myself kind of trying to battle these imposter feelings on my return it helped that I remembered that it was kind of a legacy from beforehand curious isn't it that the idea that you'd always felt like an imposter should make you feel better about being an imposter when you come back from parental leave but what it did was it enabled me to separate it from the fact that i started a family the fact that I'd had a baby and was coming back as a parent I could see that that wasn't the real issue there and the issue is actually much more an underlying one about my own sense of self-worth and in a way that was really helpful I couldn't really just blame in inverted commas the fact that I just had a baby I had to work on my own confidence and my own self and that's what I then focused on doing and I'll say the real key to how I managed that and got through it and what really changed things for me and certainly what I've consistently as a message been sending in the imposter syndrome work I do is that all of those feelings that you think are the reason why you should feel less than or that you don't belong if you actually can take a look at those and where they come from all they reveal is something that makes you different or unique and separate from those people around you Now, our tendency is to think that that's a bad thing, that somehow that makes us less able, less valuable or weaker. The place that I got to and I continue to explain and share with other people because it's so empowering is that it's not a weakness at all. All of those things that make you different, actually, that's where the seeds of your strength lie. And I think when you have been 
out of the workplace for a period of time, you tend to think, oh, that means I'm less than, I've got less to give, or I'm behind compared to everybody else who's been in the workplace the whole time. But actually, the work that you need to do to help with imposter syndrome feelings is actually finding out what advantage that that gives you. You know, what is it about you having had that time away from the office that you can now use as an asset and take back with you into the workplace? Because there's some golden nuggets in your experience that other people just don't have. And I think the challenge is to just focus on that. I completely agree. You know, we're so aligned on that power. It's one of the things that we always say to coaches is to adopt this mindset of you are fresh, you are an asset, you are not on the back foot, you can see the wood for the trees. And when we say you're fresh, obviously, if it's someone we're coaching who's coming back from parental leave and they're really, really tired, I don't mean fresh in that sense. I mean fresh as in you do see things differently because you haven't been in the thick of it. And it's extraordinary how that changes people's perceptions of themselves and can enable them to go and have conversations and to do things differently because they're not seeing themselves anymore as being on the back foot and being deficient and but like you say there is some strength in that so I'm curious did this all come from yourself did you kind of work this out for yourself like how did you get that awareness because that's fantastic (laughs) Yeah, I've been asked this question quite recently, actually, Jessica, and I, part of what was interesting about my answer is I had to kind of go looking for that, I had to really unpick what was that process, obviously, in order to be able to share it. The most enlightening thing for me was the realisation that my imposter syndrome came from a place and came for reasons that I couldn't really change. So for listeners, if you're returning back to the workplace after parental leave or you've had some period of time out that's all happened already nothing you can do can actually change that you certainly can't sort of fix it and that be the answer so I think there's something really powerful about acceptance and accepting these are the choices that I have made or maybe the result of events that have happened to you but this is what has happened and I can either use that to beat myself up and feel worse about myself Or there is actually another option. What if this was, and this tends to be the way my brain works, Jessica, it's a question as a coach, I guess I ask myself all the time and I ask my clients, it's like, what if this is exactly how it was meant to be? What if this is all part of what was designed to bring me to this opportunity right now? And that everything that's happened now is actually happened for a reason and has given me a unique position that I can bring to the world so it's a kind of reverse fatalistic approach to it it's like actually here's me thinking all of this stuff is bad and it might hold me back when what if it's exactly the thing that could propel me forward and I think once my brain started to go down that route the way in which it opened up the opportunities in front of me the fact that I was back in the workplace the fact that I was wow I was a new mum and I was back in this law firm okay there weren't any other women with children there but I was like the first there in that case, yes, right? Yes, you were. And, yes, you and were. I'm doing it, right? I think about your listeners who are coming back and they may be sort of competing against or working with people who haven't had time away. And I think to them, good for you. Look at you. You took time out and now you're back and ready to conquer the world. So that energy and excitement and that approach to coming back 
I think once you try it on and you start to feel how differently your experience is as a result of that, why would you go back? There's no excuse then to wallow in the negativity of it when there's so much positive to see. Oh, gosh, you! I'm just sitting here smiling and I'm melting like caramel just listening to you. It's just <laughs> so positive and gorgeous. So here you are in this law firm. You're the only one who's got female with children and you're starting to think about what this brings you, how you use this to your advantage, the strengths. I'm wondering when you look back from where you are now, is there anything that you would have done differently, you would have done sooner? What are your thoughts on that? It's this whole thing of, oh, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that, if only. I honestly tend not to think like that in the sense that my approach is always to try and respect my past decisions. I think it's really important to believe in yourself as having done the best that you could with the knowledge you had and what you had at the time. So it's not something that will have occurred to me beforehand, oh, if only. But for the purposes of saying to people who are in this position now and moving forward, I guess my advice would be that when you're experiencing the tendency to feel negative and to worry about imposter feelings and to think oh you know you're suffering the feelings on the first place and then you're worrying about the fact that you have all these feelings and you're having to manage them it's like a double bind when you're having those experiences don't try to fight them necessarily don't try to make them go away and use that as a way of solving the problem I think just acknowledging that it's perfectly normal for you to feel like an imposter in the workplace when you've just come back and that those feelings are really valid is really, really helpful because you're not beating yourself up for feeling that way. And then that acceptance of, oh, okay, of course I feel like this. I've just come back. I think is really important and really freeing because then you're free to say, right, so what am I going to do while those feelings are there? How am I going to support myself? Right? How can I be kind to myself? What support can I get from those around me just while I'm transitioning and getting used to things? And I probably did spend a lot of years actually just wishing I didn't have imposter syndrome. Why do I feel like this? Why am I always so anxious? Why am I such a perfectionist? All of this. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just recognize that they're valid feelings, but that you can, once you recognize them, there are things that you can do to support yourself and be kind to yourself. Yeah. How do you think you cultivate that kindness? If someone is listening and it's not been their usual style to be generous, to be kind, but they've got very high expectations and think, no, you should be able to handle this. You've done this before or everyone else can handle this. How do you cultivate kindness? For a start, there are people around you, right? So your support network is extremely important. It's important if you just started a family, having a support network is really important. But going back to work, having that is really important. And being able to share your feelings is really important. Not everybody, as you say, is able to do that. And I would say I definitely am someone who would have, for sure, hidden my imposter syndrome, but hidden my most vulnerable moments, I'd say, not wanting to appear like I couldn't cope or that I was stressed. I have this trick that I play with myself for for cultivating kindness and compassion, where I say, there's something amazing going on with you right now. And I challenge myself to find it. Like what you're doing right now, there's something brilliant in it and special. What is it? And just asking myself that question sends me off into a journey of, oh, well, you know what? Even on this morning, not this particular day, but as an example, this morning when I woke up, I couldn't face it. I didn't feel like going into work. I was feeling exhausted. 
And yet I went to work anyway. Look at me. Recognizing the really, what you think are really small things that you take for granted, but actually starting to see those things and recognizing those in yourself is a way of showing compassion. Allowing yourself to be impressed by the really small things that you do each day. Oh, I love that. I love that. And one question I'm asking all of my guests on these comeback episodes is, would you tell me about your lowest moment, your wobbliest moment when you came back from maternity leave? One of the challenges of being the only woman with a child in the office and surrounded by all these men who are working very long hours. I wasn't even paternity leave then, Jessica. That's how old mm. I am. <laughs> One of the problems, and this certainly compounded my imposter feelings, would be people made comments all the time. And I remember a particular day where I wasn't feeling great. I'll be honest. Dylan was still really young. Dylan's my now eldest. He's 17 now. But he was still really young, sleepless nights. And Paul, my husband, and I, he was working extremely hard and we were really struggling at home, I'll be honest with you. So already just sort of showing up at the office, I was bringing a lot of stuff from home with me. I was working really hard on quite a stressful transaction. At a certain point, one of the very senior partners walked past my door and then he stopped and he came back and he looked at me and he just sort of shook his head and tutted and he went, you women, honestly. I don't know why you do it to yourselves. Why do you even bother like this? And he then just walked off. He just caught me at such a vulnerable moment that I just thought, yeah, why am I a woman doing this to myself? Why am I even bothering? And I had a bit of a meltdown and a complete cry, a trip to the loo, a walk around the block. That was definitely a real low point where I felt even everybody else is questioning why I'm doing it. That's what I took that particular comment to mean. And I'd been feeling so low that I didn't know why I was doing it either. So I for sure had a, a very low moment. I'd say that the thing. Oh, my goodness. That was a low moment. But look at you. And you went on to have four children. You publishing your <laughs> second book. My golly, you have you were a woman who has risen. So from that lowest moment, then, can you give me a top tip? for listeners and it might be to do with handling imposter feelings or it might just be something else from your expertise about coming back to work offer the listeners something that will help them what I love to do when something feels daunting or challenging is decide how I want to feel about it so you know how we tend to we look inside ourselves and we think oh I'm feeling this and we validate our emotions and and that's really important you might be thinking I'm feeling nervous about it I'm feeling intimidated I'm anxious And I would just say, look at how you're feeling and just decide, is that how you want to feel in your first day, your first week, your first month back at work? And just start to entertain the idea that you don't actually have to feel that way as you anticipate something. You can actually decide to feel differently. And by deciding to feel differently, it does change your experience. So as an example, and I had this with a client I was coaching actually a few days ago, who has stepped into a new role. She's not coming back from a time away, but it's a new role. And we talked about her feelings, positive feelings, all of that. And I said, how do you want to feel on the first day in your new role? And she stuttered and ummed and ahed. And I said, no, literally, you get to choose whatever feeling and emotion you want. And after a short back and forth, we came up with the fact that she wanted to feel excited. She wanted to feel gratitude. And she wanted to feel curious. Now, we arrived at those three emotions through a bit of coaching work. But as she tried on those feelings, 
I said to her, you know, what would you do on the first day back in the office if you were feeling excited? What would you do if you were feeling just grateful yes, to be yes. back? What would you do like at the end of the day or in the afternoon if you were curious? Who would you go and speak to? What would you be curious about? And so spending time in the space of those really specific, chosen by her with my help, but chosen by her, specific positive emotions, suddenly she was able to see there was a whole different experience waiting for her if that's where she wanted to spend her energy and her focus. So that would be my tip. How do you want to feel on the first day back? That's brilliant. I love that. And it chimes with me because that's something that I often ask myself is not necessarily what do I want to be thinking and doing, but how do I want to feel? And it's certainly a question that I've used in a home context as well with the children and my husband. You know, what's the dynamic that I want to create here? How do I want to feel? And if I want those feelings, what does that mean I'm going to do? I think that's a great tip. Caroline, I have really, really enjoyed listening to your thoughts today. So thank you so much for being my guest. And I really can't wait to have our comeback conversation event together at the end of January, where we'll take listener questions well I should say participant questions not listeners they'll be on screen if they want to be and I can't wait I think that's gonna be brilliant thank you so much Jessica always such a pleasure talking to you I too am really excited about January and speaking directly to some of your listeners so roll on January and yeah let's hope for a really lovely healthy end of this year brilliant thank you Caroline wow I think Caroline had so much of value to say and I loved her framing of imposter feelings as a source of strength and the value of accepting them, not trying to fight them. And you can hear more from Caroline and put your challenges to her on Tuesday the 26th of January 2021, 8pm GMT because she's going to be my first guest on Comeback Conversations, my series of free online problem solving sessions for people returning to work and finding their way once they're back. And I'm so sorry if you're listening to this after that time and missed it, because I think it's going to be a really energising 45 minutes. If you'd like to come, tickets are free. Just head over to comebackcommunity.co.uk and click on conversations in the top right and you'll find all the details of future events and how to book this one with Caroline. Finally, I'd love to hear what you think about this first episode. So please come and say hello. The best way is on Twitter using the handle at ComebackComUK. I'm also on Insta with the same. And if you're feeling particularly generous in this moment, maybe you'll leave a short review wherever you're listening. Perhaps tell me how the episode made you feel. Thank you so much for choosing to listen and sharing this episode with others because it really means a lot. And until next time, let's think about how we want to feel and do what we think will take us there.